Welcome to CFO 4.0, the future of finance. The CFO role is changing rapidly, moving from cost controller to strategic visionary. And with every change comes opportunity. We are here to help you take advantage of this transition to win at work, drive your career forwards and lead with confidence. Join Hannah Monroe, Managing Director of ITAS, a financial transformation consultancy, as she interviews key experts to give you real-world advice and guidance on how to transform your processes, people and data. Welcome to CFO 4.0, the future of finance. So hello and welcome to this episode of CFO 4.0. My name is Hannah Monroe and I am your host today. Uh, with me today, I have Patrick Dunn. So Patrick is an experienced chair and board member in both business and social enterprise. Um, he's also the author of award-winning book, Boards. So thank you, Patrick. It's great to have you on the show. Uh, great pleasure to be here. I've always valued CFOs, so uh, nice to be able to chat to them. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, you've done quite a lot in your your, your years, um, at, you know, your last few years. And particularly from what I understand, you're you're also um, and part of the FT advisory board as well for boards. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. So tell us a little bit about your journey and how you ended up writing your, your book, Boards. Yeah. So uh, by, by background, I'm from Liverpool, mathematician uh, and spent the bulk of my executive career in chemicals and private equity and in private equity you get to work with a lot of boards and early on in my career I, I sort of worked out that the better the boards the more money you make and the less hassle you'd have uh, and so I put a lot of thought into well what does make a good board and um, came up with a model for that and um, started to sort of write on a little bit about that but it was really a really bad board meeting that I went to one day that got me got me properly writing because I thought God, I've got to buy this chair a book to to do it better. It'll save me a lot of time. And I, I went into a bookshop, tried to buy. Uh, I, I asked the guy, you know, have you got anything on running board meetings? And he didn't and looked on his computer and couldn't find it. So I thought, well, maybe I'll write something. That was way back in 1997. And I wrote a few books around then and then had a break, you know, been very busy, um, ended up on the operating committee of 3i and the social enterprises and so on. But but uh, just over a year ago, the, the FT, who I would do a lot with uh, in terms of board director programs, um, asked me, you know, would I be interested in doing a sort of new book because um, they, they felt there was demand. And I, I thought, well, what am I going to call it? Um, and I thought, well, it's going to be about boards. And just as I, I didn't find a book many years ago on running board meetings, I couldn't see that anyone had got the title boards. So I, 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 because I'm mildly dyslexic, I like short words. Uh, and so I, I thought, well, boards, that's a good title, isn't it? So um, that, that, that was it. And it came out about a year ago, just in time for the crisis, <laughs> which, <laughs> uh, which wasn't necessarily the best of times. But um, uh, yeah, and it's been really interesting to see the response to it. And I, and I can imagine that actually during coronavirus, mm. the the importance of having a good board is you know becomes even more prominent. And 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 so, what does a good board and CFO relationship actually look like? Yeah, well, I mean, my, my starting point is triangles because I love triangles. And uh, when I was trying to figure out what does make a good board, 
I had this triangle in mind of purpose, people and process, because if you if you're really clear about what you're doing and everyone's aligned behind that and you've got the right people working together in the right way and you've got a good process, then it's going to be uh, a pretty good board. And I also love Venn diagrams. I mean, John Venn was an amazing guy, sort of apart from being a, a brilliant mathematician, a philosopher, social entrepreneur, amazing guy. And, and I think of his Venn diagram in, in the context of one circle being the board, the other being the management. And the, the secret sauce, if you like, is in the middle in that intersection. And that's where the board and the exec come together. And the CFO is really central to making that work. I mean, they're a big connection for the board and, uh, and, 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 and the, the executive. And so what um, what are boards looking for in that CFO? So you said that they're really important. You know, what is the role of a CFO when they're working well? Yeah. So uh, a- ages ago, one of the other bits of research I did was, I was, you know, what what's the difference between really good CFOs and those that aren't? And came up with um, again another triangle. I'm afraid uh, a sort of Maslow's Maslow's hierarchy of needs type approach saying, well, you know, what do you absolutely have to have? What's really good to have and what's sort of in the nice to have category? And uh, at the base, I think, is integrity. If you're a director, you have to trust what the FD CFO is telling you. Uh, you know, that's sort of fundamental. The next thing is they have to have relevant and relevance, a really important word, technical competence for that organization, because there are many different types of organizations and I think, you know, it's hard to find a universally great CFO for every sort of situation. So you have to find, you know, have they got the right technical skills for that? Big difference between a public company and a private company and so on. They have to have management skills, you know, if only to manage themselves. Uh, but, you know, they're going to manage a finance function. They have to understand what it's like being a leader, being a manager, because they're relating with the other C- people in the C-suite. They have to have, I think, um, to be a partner with the CEO and the board, they have to have a good understanding of strategy. So I'm not saying they need to be a strategic genius, um, but they need to understand you know, the language of strategy, the basic approaches to that, what other people are doing, to be able to take part in strategic discussions and, and almost avoid being cast as just a numbers person. Uh, so I think that's important. The next thing they need, I think, is sales skills. And that might sound odd in a CFO, but in my book, being able to clearly convince other people of the need for good financial control, forecasting, sensible budgeting, to be able to communicate with investors, you know, whether they be debt investors or equity investors, uh, or, or all of that, to be able to communicate with the board and, and influence the board, you you, you need that. Then um, you may or may not want them to have some characteristics of or potential to be a CEO. Um, you know, that might be something that you you, you might want. Uh, and they have to have board skills. If you're going to put them on the board, um, you know, they, they need to have board skills. So I think it, it's actually quite a, you know, that's a lot uh, to expect in, in, in someone. Um, but I think, you know, if you're thinking of a chair's dream CFO, there's the things I'd sort of look for. And when I'm interviewing, uh, CFOs, you know, uh, I, I look for those things among, among some other things. And it was a really interesting point you made about relevance. So when you say relevance, are you talking about 
industry experience? Is that what you're looking for? Is it wider than that? I, I think it's it's wider than that. So so that could be experience of a different type of ownership structure. So you know, very different CFO needs in a family firm to a private equity backed firm to a public company to a startup. Very different um, CFO needs in a, a, a you know, big international uh, business with subsidiaries all over the world to you know a local uh, a local domestic business. Very different um, uh, experiences uh, needed for you know a capital goods business versus a high volume service business. So there are many. It's a bit like a Rubik's cube, really. There's sort of many dimensions, but you kind of need that that cocktail of things. Um, and it could be, you know, experience of being in um, financially stretched situations as opposed to, you know, having loads of cash in the bank. Um, you know, so, so it's it's these different things. So I think what you're saying there is relevance is made up of a, a mixture of so type of boards because I can only imagine that the uh, the skills needed for a family owned board versus maybe a startup like you said they're they're very different so it's 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 more about the situation that the company's in as well as the the the, the business model that they're working to. Yeah, and situational experience often trumps sectoral experience when it comes to it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I was going to say there's going to be a few um, CEOs who will have coronavirus survival on their uh, on their resume. Oh, you bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, that, I mean, mentioning CEO, you know, that relationship between the CEO and the CFO is really critical. And what what makes a good relationship? So, you know, what what do you see as the signs of a successful CEO and CFO relationship? I think um, trust and respect are probably the underpinning things so that they trust each other that they respect each other so you look at some of you know i, I think I, i've sort of witnessed some fantastic ceo cfo partnerships and I'll, i use that word partnerships so the cfo isn't subservient to the ceo um you know that they, they they together they run the company they have complementary different different skills and they respect the difference when I'm coaching CEOs, uh, you know, I I I worry when they kind of uh, are, see the CFO as a servant, kind of uh, to, to to them, uh, and I encourage them all to sort of, you know, the things that might irritate you about them actually are brilliant because they're the things you haven't got, uh, but you need. Uh, so you know, and and actually, you know, sometimes the CFO, the CEO has got things. That they haven't got and they might be irritating but if they can find a way to respect their differences and draw on those strengths and cover for each other's weaknesses then that's that that's a great thing so it's about the balance in terms of both skills and by the sounds yeah. of it sort of um uh mindset in some ways as well probably having that person that you know being the opposite in that conversation before you even get in front of the board is is that what you're saying is really important yeah you know all of that you know critical friend uh providing an analysis that the ceo you know may not have had time to do you know being able to really get people to understand consequences i think cfos in my experience are are often very good at helping not just the ceo but the board really understand the consequences usually financial but not only uh of of you know if we do this this is actually how this is going to play out uh and in public companies that's that's incredibly critical 
And and what are the signs that a re- that relationship isn't working well? Are there any sort of common signs where you go into and you see it and you go, yes, this needs to be addressed? Yeah, it's a bit like um, I use another sort of Venn analogy, really. <laughs> so if you can imagine the two circles in a Venn diagram with no no intersection, so they're living in a slightly parallel universe. They're not really talking to each other. Uh, they're talking to different groups of people. There isn't a sort of joined upness. That's a real sign. If you can imagine the the other end of that spectrum of sort of intersections is two nearly overlapping circles. They're trying to do each other's jobs. So the CEO isn't happy with the CFO. And, and particularly if they've been a CFO themselves before, they will tend to sort of slip down the slippery slope of doing the other person's job. And if the CFO feels the CEO is not being a good CEO and not doing that, they'll do the same. They'll expand the envelope of their CFO-dom uh, in, into, in, into that. And then there's just good old human chemistry. So, you know, one of the things I think that CFOs have to be really good at is managing conflict. Um, you know, knowing when to compete, when to avoid, when to collaborate, when to compromise, uh, when to accommodate. That's all about judgment. Um, and, you know, it's a very tough job being a CEO. Um, and, you know, if you can be that critical friend, but also that fantastic supporter when they need a bit of a lift, because, uh, you know, they can't share their highest hopes uh, and worst fears with too many people <laughs> CEOs. Um, but they should be able to share them at the CFO. No, I absolutely love that. And I have to say, as a fellow mathematician, I'm <laughs> loving all of the references to Venn diagrams and tri- triangles. Oh, wait till they get to catastrophe theory. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, sorry, geeking out over mathematics. That's it. <laughs> we'll move swiftly on. So um, so in in terms of a poor, poor relationship between the CFO and the, and the CEO or the board, um, is it something that can be repaired or do you sort of have to make a decision either to shift away or to, you know, to, to make that change? I think it absolutely can be repaired. Um, but sometimes it's a bit like a bit of elastic. You, know, you can stretch it and stretch it and stretch it. But if it's broken, I don't know if you've ever tried, Hannah, to put a piece of elastic back together again. <laughs> it's, 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 it's actually quite tricky. Um and at the core of this, I think, is is trust and respect. So if, you know, if a relationship is struggling, I think, you know, trying to get, you know, e- each side of that. And this is a very important role for a chair to play. If, if, if the chair spots and, you know, in, in terms of what chairs need to be good at, they need really good antennae. And if you can, you know, if you can actually help this along before it, it escalates, then you're, you're going to be much better. But with most situations like this, I mean, there's a sort of acronym that um, Leap Confronting Conflict, one of the uh, charities I helped to build, which helps young people manage conflict more effectively. We have an acronym called FIDO, and it stands for Facts, Interpretation, Decision, Outcome. So I think the judgment you have to make fairly early on is, is this actually repairable? Uh, if it is, then the outcome we want actually is to get them focused again. And one of the the ways to do that is, you know, what can you get them aligned on? So I remember one situation where, you know, CEO and CFO were, you know, nearly at fisticuffs um, and and the CEO was a woman uh, and uh, the CFO was a man. And 
I, I, the only thing I could get them to align on was let's not go bust. Uh, and then we built up from there. So, so because you know, if this gets bust, both of you, you know, are going to be it's going to be very difficult for you. People will lose their jobs. You have a responsibility. So, we either have to sort this out, or one of you's got to go. Uh, and I haven't decided who that should be yet, but uh, we need to find a way to work this out. Uh, so, let's just focus all of our efforts on, you know saving the company restoring it and then can we sort out your personal differences after that uh and and, and it worked um and they found a way to work together until until the exit i think it was three years later or something so um so you you can do it but it but it requires a lot of time um and and clear sort of rules of the game um so you know CEO, you will not belittle the CFO in board meetings. CFO, you know, you won't embarrass the CEO with some new information that you've kept to yourself beforehand. You know, so just basics, really. Yeah. And, and respect is really important. And if you're a CFO and you you can see some mm. of these signs of concern, you feel like, you know, you know you're perhaps shifting into a role that shouldn't you know you shouldn't be except because you can see the gaps how would you how would you suggest that they actually approach it would you suggest a conversation with the chair is it a conversation with the seat how, how do you actually address that assuming you think it can be repaired of course yeah so the first thing is is about self-awareness so there's some research from harvard which shows that my dear dolphin rubin i think which shows that people who are highly self-aware groups of people who are highly self-aware on average perform twice as effectively in terms of making decisions, managing conflicts, coordinating, things like that. That's the good news is, though. oh, so let's just get self-aware. The bad news is that there's other research that shows that uh, people uh, in business or elsewhere are not very good at being self-aware. So the, uh, you know, so the, the, the correlation between your own view of what you're good at and what impact you're having on others versus the reality uh, tends to be only about, you know, less than a third. So we're, we're really not good at this. So we need help. We need feedback. And so getting a, a, an interlocutor so is, is quite helpful. So the first thing a CFO needs to do actually is think about what is really going on here. And let's sort of do your double entry bookkeeping, if you like. On one side is, you know, what am I doing? that's helpful and what am I doing that's unhelpful to the situation and what's the CEO doing that's helpful and unhelpful and what actually are the things that we don't respect each other on what are the things we actually don't agree on uh, what are the things we actually align on what are the things we actually like about that other person because often it's a situation of you know like, like lots of relationships where you know I love you madly but you drive me nuts uh and it's kind of you know you just need to figure out what drives them nuts and stop doing it uh <laughs> and, and everything will be all right you know not putting filling the dishwasher up properly or not you know uh leaving stuff around the house in a bad way or whatever you know it's that's it can be that trivial um and then talk about it so you're making a judgment as well as you know so if you you and i hannah which, which is probably unlikely but if we if we had a sort of you know attention like that i think you know there's points for the first person to say, I'm not, we don't seem to be working as well as we were, you know, 
what do you think why do you think that is what is it that i'm doing that's really getting up your nose you know i think have a proper conversation if the ceo is closed then you may need to seek the counsel of uh, a non-exec uh, or the chair or a, a peer or a mentor uh, and say, look, I, I, it's something not quite right here. I think I understand what it is, but I'm not quite sure how to move it on or I'm not sure what it is. Have you got any thoughts? And, and then move it on that way. But recognition is the first, like most things, you know, um, got to realise you've got a problem before you can solve it. Absolutely. And I, I think there's a few people listening to this one, you know, going to start writing lists about their marriage and the pros and cons and things they drive each other nuts with. So same principles, I guess. It is a marriage, though, in some ways, isn't it? When you think about that relationship between a, a CEO, CEO and a CFO, it's, it's that, it's yeah. that you know, you have to coexist peacefully and get all the children to do what they're supposed to do. Um, in the way that they're supposed to. Yeah, and there's a bit, I mean, if you can forgive me for another little bit of math, but if you think of a normal distribution, a bell curve, and you think of yeah. effectiveness and you think of pressure, you know, one of the things you have to do in most kind of relationships, um, and the board has to do this with the exec as a whole, is, you know, how do you keep yourself in the middle where your effectiveness is high and the pressure's, you know, it's pacey, there's good momentum, but it's you're not a headless chicken and you're not asleep. Um, and most CEOs operate at just to the, you know, the good ones operate just to the right of that peak. You know, they're always trying to do more than is possible, um, but not too much. Um, and, and part of the role as CFO actually is is helping them, you know, by relieving pressure, uh, you know, taking a lot of hassle away from them making sure things are in order that what the CEO is telling the board about the numbers in the business are accurate and you know, he's not over egging it and all of that. Um, yeah. So the set there, the, um, the sense check, I think is the way yeah. I sometimes think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not just the numbers person, but the sanity, I think you mentioned the term sanity check. So before yeah. they, they, they get too far ahead of themselves. Yeah. So that's a great, that's a great way to think about it. Um, and in terms of, um say you know what about a new cfo coming into a, a role what is the board you know is there anything that you're looking so say you know that you might be taking on um a cfo that perhaps hasn't got the experience w what are you looking for there it, you know what are the sorts of things would say actually that person's ready to step up into that cfo role so i think i mean they have those three fundamental characteristics that you want in people in the executive team and you know it goes for board members as well so you're looking for have they got really good judgment have they got the interpersonal skills to go with that judgment so that they can bring those judgments to bear so will they have influence with the ceo will they have influence with the other executive directors will they have influence with the board stakeholders and so on um, and have they got really good antennae? I talked about the chair's antennae before, but the best CFOs I know are really good at understanding the business. They absolutely get the financial dynamic of the business. So one of the tests I have in sort of interviews is, you know, uh, can, you, can you just talk me through the financial dynamics of the business? And really good CFOs don't need any spreadsheets. They just can tell you. You know, this is the, the the dynamic of our income and cost. This is the dynamic of our balance sheet. This is the dynamic of our cash flow. And they're able to explain that to someone who hasn't got 
a high level of financial um, technical uh, technical understanding. They can they can actually do that. Um, you can see whether a CFO commands the respect of the business unit leaders. Um, and then for a new CFO, it's sort of inducting themselves into that. I think, you know, it's quite important that they build a good relationship with the non-execs individually <clears throat> as opposed to just collectively. So they take time. They have regular copies. They, you know, they make sure the, the non-execs understand the financial dynamic of the business. Interestingly, where I'm chair, I usually ask the CFO once a year just to give us an update on how the financial dynamic of the business is changing. Now, we did this in all of them just as we were entering the COVID thing. And it was really helpful because then people are making, you know, balanced judgments about, you know, what they're doing because they understand how how this will play out. And so are there any top tips that you can give mm. our listeners? Perhaps they're a CFO new to role um, or and, and they just want to make sure they're starting off on the right foot with with their board. What what have you got any recommendations for them and practical things that they can do? Yeah. So if you if you want to build your power with a group of people that will come from, you know, your positional power and your personal power. Now, given the board has got a higher positional power than the CFO, uh, <clears throat> the CFO will need to basically, you know, obviously be very good at the day job. Um, but if they really want to be uh, to excel, they have to and not, in, not they're not you can't microwave. Uh, strong relationships they take time to build so you know they, they have to invest the time in getting to know the non-execs understand the non-execs and the execs and be really good at, at thinking of themselves as being in that intersection between those two groups they have to be trusted by both there'll be times they have to challenge uh, both and there are lots of times when they have to support both so i think that's that mindset actually helps a lot. And it's not an instant thing. <clears throat> yeah, you can't pour a sachet into a cup, put some hot water in and, you know, you've got a nice drink. It, this is something that takes time to, to mature. Absolutely. And I, 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 I really now understand why you use the triangle because I can see the triangle between the, the board, the CFO and the CEO, because that CFO is helping the board to understand that financials while still feeding that information into that CEO. I can understand why if one part of that triangle isn't an equilateral one, then you can end up in some real hot water. So that's a really great way to do it. And, and when you're actually sort of having those conversations with, you know, with the board members, would you change your approach depending on sort of the, the their their experience their background or would you you know and how responsible is the CFO for making sure that the board have a good financial understanding generally because that, that's my, that's probably a tricky part of being a CFO isn't it making sure the boards actually understand the finances without offending anybody by talking at too low a level yeah it's really important so I can give you two examples so at, <clears throat> uh, at the EY Foundation and SOHI chair you know, for any new um, trustee because they're, they're charities they're trustees and we have young people on on the boards um, who haven't got um, you know the uh, experience or haven't got the financials or the training or understanding it's just as important for them 
to have that. So an important part of their their, their induction is understanding the financial dynamics of the, the organisation. When I joined the board of the University of Warwick many, many years ago, the finance director, Rosie, was excellent at taking me through how the finances of a university work. So I think, and I think by taking on that role uh, of CFO, you know, it'll save them time and hassle and tension later. You know, if they can, if they can make sure their non-execs, their trustees, whatever the sort of uh, organisational frame is, really understand, you know, the fundamental drivers uh, from a financial perspective in in the organisation, then you know they'll probably make better decisions. You know, the worst position for a CFO to be in is where you know the board are taking decisions which don't make sense financially. Um, uh, and then that's just going to cause them a huge amount of problems later. So they have a real interest, I think, in helping the board, you know, make the right judgments. And no one's got a monopoly on wisdom. You know, sometimes they'll get that right, sometimes they won't. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I um I I think it's a it's a really interesting dynamic. And I and I love your 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 focus on those relationships. I can understand why that's so critical. And uh, like you said, they've got to be amazing at their day job, but actually, you know, in terms of the numbers, but it's so much more than that to being a successful CFO. So so any last thoughts, any other top tips that you just, you know, that our listeners can take away? One of one of my most important sort of learnings actually as a kid uh, was that it's really important to listen to what people say but it's even more important to listen to what they think and if you're a CFO that can see into the thought bubbles um, that can be enormously useful so understanding how people are feeling what they really think as opposed to what they might be saying to be accommodating or to be polite or whatever and I think the best CFOs can read the thought language read into the thought bubble I love that and that is a that is a cracking way to end the podcast thank you Patrick to to be able to to see into the thought bubbles to be able to focus on what they're thinking rather than what they're saying Um, because yes that can that can definitely be a at two opposite ends depending on the individual so thank you so much Patrick that has been incredibly valuable and I think there's another book in there about you know CFOs and the board itself how to be an amazing CFO for the board I think you know there's a few more books in there I'm sure so um, quite 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 possibly (laughs) (laughs) But uh, thank you so much for joining us. And um, if, if obviously, if our listeners want to to, th- um, to learn more about what boards are after, what a good board looks like, and um, and read into some more of your insights, and I think you've got a chapter, haven't you, in your your book on the relationship with the CFO and that side yeah. of things as well. So if they yeah. want to learn more, where do they find your book? Is it is it is Amazon the best place, or is it? You, you can find find the book from. Uh, I think there's a there's a discount on Governance, the my, my publisher. So if you look for uh, a, a Governance, uh, and you can get it on Amazon uh, or, or good bookshops. Fantastic. Well, and there's a I, Kindle version as well. <clears throat> as there should be I must admit I'm, I'm a Kindle girl myself so that's the uh, that's always the preference so thank you so much Patrick it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and uh, yeah um, I, I literally I think I could have talked for hours on this topic so thank you my pleasure
Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode. I actually have a favour to ask. Reviews and shares are incredibly important to the success of any podcast. If you could spare a minute to share this episode on your social network or leave us a comment to tell us what you liked, I would really appreciate it. Feel free to tell me what topics interest you most. I would really love to hear your feedback. And if you want to reach out at any point, tell us what you liked, tell us what we can do better, then feel free. Just email us at cfopodcast at itassolutions.co.uk. Thank you and speak soon.